going on, everybody? Pete Forsey, the podcast. Welcome to June. I know I've kicked my feet up a little bit. Sorry about that. I know been a little uh, inconsistent with rolling out these episodes for you, but I appreciate you choosing the show. And of course, as always, please let your friends know what we're doing here. Five-star review if you can. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Amazon follow, subscribe, whatever they call it. Please let people know about what we're doing here. I greatly appreciate it. And today we got DeAndre Hopkins talk. Chase Young might be traded to Ataga Vailoa. Leadership now with Miami. Is he really there long-term? St. Louis Cardinals, their next 100 games of the season starts today on Wednesday. We'll talk about them. We'll talk about how they're really missing an area of opportunity and getting players, and we'll talk about the New York Mets. It's been a struggle in Queens. So let's get to it. It is episode 116 of the podcast. It was a while ago, but DeAndre Hopkins, released by the Cardinals, still out there, free agency. See that Pelissero NFL Network saying that he's going to go visit Nashville and the Tennessee Titans. Don't see that happening. I don't know why he would want to go to a situation like that unless he's really trying to reestablish value, which that's the weird part of this for me. I I know that he didn't put up the numbers that he usually does, but the guy was suspended for PEDs. You know, he took some drug, I don't know what, put his team in a bad spot to begin the year, which ultimately led to the demise of Arizona with Kingsbury and Murray and all that they had humming in the 2021 season. And he still put up like 700 plus yards over a 17 game stretch. Still looks like Deandre Hopkins that I know going up for jump balls, going up for 50, 60 yards down the field, completing plays that are big chunk plays for the Arizona offense. I thought he was still magnificent. So it's weird that some people are saying he's not what he once was not the same player of two or three years ago. Really? I don't know what's changed exactly. He was great two years ago for the Cardinals. This year was different because of the the injuries and the suspension and just the flux that the Cardinals were in as an offense. I think whoever's getting them is getting a pretty damn good player. But the issue is the calendar. We're in June where nobody has cap space. So that's where teams just don't have the salary to offer him that he's looking for and it's just going to come down to how much of a haircut is he going to take because he sees Odell and these other top flight receivers that he still thinks he's on the same level with and he's thinking no way am I going to play for the league minimum but based off when he was released and what teams have to offer that's just the reality so at some point he'll swallow his pride and you know take a major haircut and play for another team Probably going to play for a, a, a team that has a better quarterback than Tennessee and a team that has playoff aspirations. I do not think it has to be the Chiefs. I do not think it has to be the Bills. I could even it, see it being a team that's kind of on the fringe, like a Pittsburgh Steelers. They got a lot of talent already, and they've improved their offensive line. Adding an established guy, again, one of those top-flight wide receivers, I would really like that for black and gold. I think that would be very good for Kenny Pickett. Now, of course, he would help uh, any team because his game translates to just about any offense. 
But I would not rule out those fringe teams where maybe even like a Green Bay, though he would have to play with Jordan Love, or even a a Jacksonville that obviously has a playoff team with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. It's not just going to be the common names that you think of. And I think what we're going to find out real quick, DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, he's 31, but don't just equate his age to being on the decline. And because his numbers were different last year, I think this guy still very much is a superstar. And we're going to see that here in 2023 very early. So it was coming out, I think it was ESPN, their beat reporter for the Washington Commanders. I think his name is John Kime. He's probably one of the best in the biz that's over there at the Worldwide Leader and just covering the team and giving good insight to the franchise and what's going on there. Now, he's he's had a lot of inventory over the years between the ex-owner, Dan Snyder, and just the you know, being in Washington, D.C., there's just a whole lot of politics that go along with it. So he's had some topics to write about, but he does a great job covering the football team and Ron Rivera and, you know, somewhat of a roller coaster in his tenure since 2020. And their first pick, Chase Young, number two overall, is reportedly on the block. And this was reported by Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, so it wasn't Kime himself, but Kime, you know, dove into it the topic himself uh, in a story here recently. And it's really weird that a defensive player of the year who, again, he tailed off in the beginning of 2021 and then he tore his knee later on in the 2021 season and then only played a couple games last year. You're thinking about trading this guy after taking him number two overall, was one of the best rookies three years ago. I do think he's got some selfishness to his game. You, you all remember the Gary Bertier and uh, Julius, uh, Julia, I think it's Julius Chambers, that, that spat that they had with selfish show-off football. That's Chase Young. He runs up the field. He doesn't worry about uh, containing the edge. He doesn't worry about bumping the offensive linemen so they don't get to the Gary Bertiers on the Washington linebacker core. He is selfish football, but he's awfully good. He's, you know, 6'5", 280 pounds. There's not many humans on earth that can do some of the things he does on a football field. Washington, I know they got a great defensive line, and I know they've already paid a couple guys. This isn't a guy that you just trade away because you have depth. You can never have too many guys that affect the quarterback and affect the passer. That's the name of the game, affecting the passer and having your passer on offense throw the ball down the field and, and, and get yards and get points. So that would be foolishness. And I think it really is a larger theme here that teams are just so worried about outthinking the room. Like Cleveland Farrell, number four overall, that was a disaster pick, and that was outthinking the room. Chase Young taking him number two, that's not outthinking the room. Trading him is. People are so obsessed with playing this game of replenishing draft picks and and moving on from guys too soon. What are we doing? This guy was an NFL defensive rookie of the year. And I, I don't think he's a superstar. I don't think he's as good as what that season put out there, but he's not as bad. And it's not as hopeless as Washington might be thinking in their front office right now. Yeah. He missed some games. It was a gruesome leg injury. Yeah. Is he a little bit of a, of a selfish player? Is he just kind of 
turning it on when he wants to. Yeah, maybe. But overall, there's not many humans that does that can do what Chase Young does. And I think they better hold on to him. And if they want to have a shot in the NFC East, they're going to have to have as many bodies as they can affecting the quarterback. So the St. Louis Cardinals have their final one in Texas this evening, coming to you here on Wednesday. And this is the first of the remaining 100 games for St. Louis. And it's been a dreadful start, one of the worst teams in the National League. But yet you don't feel that it's totally out of the picture quite yet. Just based off the National League, it has not been good outside of the Braves and the Diamondbacks, who little hat tip for myself. I picked the Diamondbacks to make the playoffs. They're right there with the Dodgers. Those are the three teams that really are the only ones that are for real. It's really just everybody else. So the Cardinals, I do think they can get back into this. I do. Now, it's only going to happen if they can get leads early in games. I'm not just going to say that the bullpen has to be better. Yeah, they're blowing way too many games. Gallegos has had some backbreakers. The starting pitching It'll be good for a few starts, and then the wheels will fall off, and then they don't get any innings. Yeah, of course they need to get more innings. Does their defense need to be better? Yeah, their fundamentals have not been good. Overall, though, this offense, the worst thing that I have seen is that they cannot win if they are not winning after the sixth inning. That's half the game. That if they are trailing, the game is over. They're, they have one win I think it's one win after trailing after the seventh, and then it's about five after trailing from the sixth inning. You are not going to win with that type of success rate. It has to be better. And the worst part is, and maybe the most uh, positive thing to note going forward, is that Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt has been great, but Nolan Arenado, Wilson Contreras, um, Tyler O'Neill obviously hurt. These guys have not performed to the level that the Cardinals need. So if there's anything to really be positive about, it's that the best players haven't played that good. So is it alarming? Yes. But it also makes you feel that these guys who have good careers, they're going to get back on track. There's plenty of time left in an awful division and an awful league. So it's going to start with getting early leads, and that's with the long ball. You've got to hang a crooked number early in the games. From there, I think the starting pitching has the most depth out of all the divisions or out of all the teams in the Central. Milwaukee, they are dropping like flies. I think Cincinnati has some more power arms than the Cardinals, maybe some high-end talent that might be an issue in the next two or three years, but they don't have the depth that the Cardinals have. Collectively, they have the stamina to withstand the next 100 games better than any other organization in their division. So if they can get the early leads, if they can hang the crooked numbers, you got to get Arenado hot, you got to get Contreras hot, get Carlson back in there. Hopefully he taps into some power. And of course, Tyler O'Neill, if he's not too butthurt about Ali Marmol calling him out. You get your best players playing better and you get those early leads. I don't think it has to be that complicated. I think the Cardinals can get back into the division. Has it been awful? Is it alarming? Absolutely. They can't screw around much longer, but I do think it is still possible for the Cardinals to win the Central in 2023. You know, one thing that I was thinking about with the Cardinals being so awful here in the, mu- in the first two and a half months, 
is that they are really, and I've touched on this before, that they love giving their guys a shot. They love giving the guys that they drafted and developed a long leash, a long runway of getting it done, whether you're a pitcher or a position player. And they are not good at externally bringing guys in. Free agency, we all know about the Mike Leaks, the Brett Cecils, Dexter Fowlers, um, Stephen Matz hasn't looked good. But the one other area is also the waiver wire and the guys that need to refurbish themselves, that need a change of scenery. Those are the guys that St. Louis, they don't even throw their hat in the ring. The guys whose careers haven't gotten off the way they want, the, the Joe Adels over in Los Angeles. There's an outfielder in the Angels organization. They should be calling uh, Perry Menagian, the general manager there, they should be calling him right now to get that guy in the organization, see if they can tap into something. They should be calling about a Aaron Hicks, a guy who has played some good baseball, was awful to end his tenure in New York. You remember when Arietta went from the Orioles to the Cubs, Garrett Cole from the Pirates to the Astros. The Cardinals never throw their hat in the ring for those type of guys, and it's a missed opportunity. Free agency, clearly they, they are weird about handing over money and guys who are clearly capable. When you sign those Cecils, when you sign the Dexter Fowler, those were good players. There was no questions about their track record. But what about these guys, these low-risk flyers? They don't even pursue them. They don't even look at them because they're always worried about, let's give our guy, let's give the person we know the, the, the opportunity. Why not look at a guy who's outside your organization? who maybe hasn't had the traction that they want. Are you not scouting outside of the St. Louis farm system? That tells me your pro scouting sucks because other teams are doing this. The Rays have made a living doing this. The Cleveland Guardians have made a living doing this. They are never leaving any stone unturned. So this is an area of opportunity that needs to start being addressed by St. Louis. It's not just free agency. It's not just trades. Who are the guys who are highly touted prospects? Mickey Moniak. He's with the Angels right now. Kicking ass, taking names. Used to be with the Phillies. Never took off with the Phillies. Who are those players? Why isn't St. Louis a place that wants to be prudent, that wants to be shrewd with their money and not just toss it around carelessly? Why aren't you going into this arena? So it's Jeremy Fowler. He's on ESPN Sports Center quite a bit. He seems to always come out with news on Sundays. I always get that pushed to my phone. It's always like four or five di- different things. And I'm like, what's going on? Is there some convention? Is there some meeting with the uh, NFL owners or general managers? And he's talking to reporters. No, he just he's he's grinding on Sunday and he goes on Sports Center and he dumps out all his news, his notebook. And he talked about the Cowboys, some things with the Ravens, I think. And one thing that he talked about is Tua, and he's really kind of gassing up the fact that Tua is taking on more as a leader now. He's more vocal. In the past, he's been a guy that leads by example. And it's smelling really fishy here, as if the Dolphins are trying to speak it into existence. You got Mike McDaniel texting Fowler. You have Chris Greer, their general manager, trying to put it out there for good PR here in June, leading up to the season with Aaron Rodgers, now in the division, taking all the sunshine there in New York. And, of course, you also have the Buffalo Bills who just signed Leonard Floyd. It really sounds like 
they're trying to get the attention back on South Beach. Yes, they made the playoffs. Yes, they made a game against the Bills with that third-string quarterback, Skyler something. I I thought he did a, a solid job in that game. But let's not lose sight of the fact. Tua said he was considering retirements after these concussions. With those comments alone, and that's not all that there is, with those comments alone, you have to be in the quarterback market. If a guy is talking about retiring at 25, and if he gets hit again, whether it's a concussion or not, that thought's going to enter his mind again. And I do know that while Mike McDaniel has definitely upped the game offensively, the way those games were played in Miami, that's not sustainable. He is always calling pass plays. He is never worried about the clock, and he is never worried about situational football. He is obsessed with yards. That's all he thinks about instead of thinking, how does he play complementary football? I think this guy's a good coordinator. I think he's effectively a a new Brandon Staley that has had better results and that he's great at the podium. He's great with the media. He talks their type of language. He gives them a quote. He's very interesting and he's engaging, but it doesn't mean that he's a good football coach. I don't think he's awful. He took his team to the playoffs. He's he's not a laughing stock, but Miami, Tua long-term, I'm sorry. I, I don't see it based off what he's done offensively. His game, it's not bad. He's good in the short, intermediate area. But down the field, when you have to drive the football and when you have to have a gotta-have-it play, Tua Tagovailoa is not the guy. New York Mets' most exciting team, I think, of the offseason and team I was looking forward to the most in addition to the Padres and watching outside, of course, the Cardinals. Love my Cardinals baseball. Always have them on one screen, whether it's the iPad or the big screen, and then I always have another game going as well. Got to tune in around the league. And the Mets, they have just not had the players that they hit on last year. They're 33-year-olds. They're Mike Marcanas, who's gotten better as of late. Starting in Marte hasn't been good. Uh, Francisco Lindor, really weird that he hasn't gotten more heat. $341 million. Isn't he batting like 214? He has not lived up to that contract. He's not been good. Overall, that contract in the first three years, awful. Has not lived up to it. The the pressure has clearly gotten to him. He thinks a little bit too much. This is not Cleveland and a batting average of 214, OBP of 287, and he's got an OPS plus at 93. He's been He's been awful. I know he batted with a 125 OPS plus last year, but when you're 29, this is your third year with the Mets, and collectively, you've been league average, 25% above average, and now you're seven points below average than the replacement level player. Yeah, you're a disappointment. And that sums it up with the Mets. I think Scherzer, yeah, he... Obviously, hasn't been great for a couple starts. He got the suspension. He's going to be okay. Verlander, he's going to be fine. Those guys know how to pitch. They know how to worry about their bodies. They're going to be okay. And while there's some holes in the pitching, the bullpen, awful. And yet, this might be the funnest. And from an entertainment value standpoint, if they can get hot, this might also be the most fun for us as consumers because Steve Cohen's going to make some moves. He wants a championship. He has put it out there in his first 
five years of ownership, he wants to win a title. We're now in year three. Kind of crazy to think about, but we're already in year three. So since they're struggling, it's to our benefit that they might go out and make a move. And I know Shohei Otani, the Angels have said they're not trading him. All it takes is one phone call and an offer that they cannot refuse to make it happen. That would be bananas, and I would be all for it. If Shohei was DHing, replacing Vogelbach, and on the mound, one of the five, along with Scherzer and Verlander and Cookie Carrasco and and um, and everybody else that they got, that would be a deathly number of stars on one team. And it would be fun to watch. In the biggest market in America, in the National League that Again, the Dodgers and the D-backs and the Braves have only been ones that are, are truly good. If the Mets can enter that picture and they get Shohei Otani, absolutely entertainment value. Yeah, I, I would not be able to recall something that big since Bonds was in the league, since Barry Bonds was the villain of baseball. That's how I would equate it if you had that many names on one squad. And frankly, I hope it happens, and I hope the alarms continue to sound in Queens so we can have something of that magnitude. Come to the Mets. That would be absolutely bonkers if Shohei Otani was playing with the Mets along with the rest of those stars. Thank you so much for choosing the show. Of course, five-star reviews, follows, share with your friends, share with your family, whomever listens to the podcast. We're everywhere you can listen, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, wherever. And please let me know if you like the show, if you don't like the show, if you want to see something different at Pete4C on Twitter, the podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you guys next episode.